Welcome aboard. This is the uh, the bonus group coaching call. And um, I apologize for anyone who's got confusion about the links and everything like that. We, uh, you know, we really don't know what's happening with Zoom. But what I do know is that we have Ken here. And uh, Ken's going to walk through some really cool things regarding how to set up referral businesses and how to set up some really cool ways in which you can bring in business as a byproduct of just doing what's fun, as a byproduct of doing good in the world, as a byproduct of really putting your, you know, your heart and soul into these, into these ripples that you can create for the world. Um, and I'm a big fan of building businesses in a way that's unique in ways that allow you to stand out in different ways, but also where you get to be creative, right? We get to really go into our heart and think, okay, what's a very resourceful, spontaneous, creative, you know, inspiring way in which I can get my business out there, right? In which I can put things out there for, um, you know, just for some people to know more about me as a byproduct of just doing what's fun, doing what's good in the world and having these, you know, having these channels just, just come back to my business organically. And so if that's the question that you guys have of how to really not only get more business, but do it in a way that's fun and do it in a way that's really aligned and heartfelt, then that's why we have Ken here. So welcome, Ken. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to, first of all, if you want to give a little bit of a background as to, you know, your entrepreneurship journey and what it's all led to, um, but then also how you came up upon, you know, just certain certain systems and certain ways in which people can engage with uh, building referral partnerships within their business. Okay, um, yeah. So I guess my first business adventure was back in the early 1990s, and um, I took over a martial arts school that was just struggling in town, and you know, I was I was in college at the time, and just not doing well with the whole structured learning thing and um was taking some martial arts classes just for myself and then came in a little early saw a bunch of smiling kids and this is around the time of teenage mutant ninja turtles and karate kids so there's the shift happening and um so i saw all these these smiling faces and just thought wow i mean that's this is something that i think i would like to do so i started learning to be a you know an instructor and an opportunity came up to take over this little school. So I took it over, uh, dropped out of college, just went all in, did the real crazy entrepreneurial thing. Um, and over the next 10 years, I grew it into um, a student base of about 350 students, ranging in age from three to 80. Um, it was in the top 5% membership and grossing schools in the United States in a little town in Connecticut. Um, and just took everything I learned. The idea was just thinking in terms of being, I always believed the business should be an asset to the community. And our role is to be a resource for the community. So we started exploring different ways to, through the martial arts, invest in the people in the community. Um, and what we found was, you know, the more we were able to put our energy and our attention into the students and the people we were serving and into the community that the business resided in, the more that came back to us, just referrals came and you know we did a lot of outreach and that was really how we grew our business. So we didn't have to spend a lot of money ever, like marketing and promoting and you know doing all of that kind of stuff. We just kept being awesome. And the challenge with it was systemizing it in a way where people were able to figure out who you were, how to find you, and what you were really about so that you could find the right partnerships, the right relationships, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and over time, so I started with martial arts. I don't really, um, I still actually sold the majority interest in the school. I don't run it anymore, um, but I still consult and help. Um, we built a, uh, we've built a gym. We built a community art gallery. Our biggest project was a 16,000 square foot family enrichment center that taught everything from ballet to chess to painting. Uh, we put a full restaurant in it, indoor park, all kinds of stuff. So it's just been 30 years of just figuring out how to add value to people's lives through business, just like all of you. Um, and I just didn't have a lot of interest in doing things 
just, we weren't into self-promotion. We wanted to be living brochures and just put good work out there into the world and then just make sure that they were able to find us. So is that a, make sense? Is that helpful? I like the idea of just things happening as a byproduct of just being awesome. You know, as you describe, if you, I mean, if you focus on just your zone of genius and just, you know, spreading your love in, in way and your unique gifts in ways that people can't ignore you and you just, people see how brilliant you are, then things just have that ripple effect, don't they? Right. That's the, yeah, and that's the amazing part. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is you can't always know where it's going to come from. So, but what you do know is you can control what you put out there, the quality of it, the intention behind it. And we learned this lesson early on. I went in one month, we added over 60 new students to our business. And I had no idea why we hadn't changed anything. Nothing was different. And I found out almost a year later, we had a student, her name was Wendy, her, her child had trained with us and she owned a local day camp and she was on the school board. She knew everyone in town. She loved the work that we were doing with her kids. So she started telling everybody about us. So she was this champion that was hidden, just embedded into our student base. And I wasn't doing anything special for her or her kid. We were just doing what we do. We were doing the work and she brought so many students to us. And I, you know, it really struck me. It's like, you don't know where it's going to come from, but you do know that it will come if you do the right things, you know, if you, if you put the right things out there and the question became, and I guess this is the question for everybody to reflect on. Um, and I'll put this stuff in the chats. I can copy it and paste it in as well. Um, but what do you think of the idea? This is where it started for us of just putting something good out into the world simply because you can't just genuinely doing that. I always love the Zen principle of no trace where it's, you know, you do something good and you're invisible. You, you do it because it's right. You're not looking to get anything back from it and the feeling of that. But then how do you balance that with the fact that you have a business that requires some kind of revenue coming back or you're doing a lot of good and then you just starve, right? So so it was resolving that, but, you know, what was interesting to me was thinking about that idea of, you know, what if my thought in my mind, in my heart, what I'm doing is I'm putting it out there because it's the right thing to do. And, and these people deserve my best, even if it never comes back to me. And I'm going to trust that if I design it right, some of them, it will come back to me, you know, and usually in interesting and indirect ways. So, so that's kind of the first thought. Well, here's my question to everyone who here has that belief that if you have that energy that what you put out comes back to you in in spontaneous ways who show of hands who has that belief cool and so that's what i um you know that's what that's what i think requires a lot of trust doesn't it when if if you do have a lot of uh stress around things aren't necessarily coming back in the business how do i do this full time how do i you know pay my bills my rent and whatever and put that out and put this out into the world with blind faith that it's going to come back in those ways you know that's not only a deep trust but it's a deep i guess what you're really calling like a, a bit of a spiritual belief around just do it because it feels right that detaches from all expectations of what you get in return doesn't it all expectations of what am I expecting to return? What, you know, is meant to happen here. And um, if we're able to do that from a place that's, I guess, more scary to the mind, you might actually be able to welcome in some things that are really um, outside the mind, you know, and to, and to tap into that power. Um, what else do you have on that, Ken? Uh, I think feel, you know, make sure that you're cheating. <laughs> layer layer your referral um programming and your marketing in general so that you have multiple buckets you know so if, if you can trust the fact that you can do this type of referral and be patient with what comes back 
by having other more traditional referral me uh, methods that are working for you. And um, it's a good book. I don't remember the author. It was called Traction. And they talk about testing, you know, very consciously and intentionally testing different marketing um, styles and initiatives and seeing which ones you get traction with and then focusing your energy there. So for us, we were just fortunate in that this, this style of referral and outreach got a lot of traction. So we were able to forego a, a lot of things that other people are doing, whether it was Google AdWords or you know Facebook marketing, that kind of thing. But if it hadn't worked, we would have needed to have other things that were allowing for business viability while we kind of nurtured this other style. So, you know, so I think that's a big thing to remember. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket. You know, you got to diversify and then pay attention to what's working for you. It's different for each of us. There's that combination, combination of both, I guess, the energy you put out there with the right intent coupled with the business, you know, the business smarts, the business intellect, right? Of, of what's the strategy that's going to work here? How can I test and tweak and have, so it's like both the right and left side of the brain, you know, it's both the masculine and feminine. It's, it's the, it's the balance of putting something out there in ways that, you know, rely on all your resources, all your internal resources of both the divine surrender, divine trust, your intuition, your internal resourcefulness of the what you meant to put out there, but also the mission of why you're here, the unique gifts you're here to give to the world and do that without, you know, without those expectations and then build a strategy on top of it. Say, Hey, what's working? What's not working? What other resources do I have to build a strategy and a, and a, a plan to put that out there? Um, that's what I'm a big fan of is just doing, using all internal resources to do that. Um, what do you think would be a good way we could introduce this to the group in terms of how do they get started? How do they get started with uh, implementing something like this in their own business? Like, what does that look like? So I've got, I've got three steps. Oh, and um, this is all, so I, I made an ebook. Um, I, Tyson, you've, you've probably read it, I think, mm -hmm. right? The ripple maker referral plan. It it's free. You can, you know, get it right through our, um, if you join our email list, it goes out. I think it's the first or second thing we send out to people. But um, oh, there you go. Traction. Gino Gino Wickman. There we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that goes into more detail. Um, but I mapped out a few basic steps. And really, for us, it's always been a three-step process. And and I'll put it. I'll copy and paste it into the chat. But basically, the first thing is you got to create something of value that positions your clients as the hero of the story. So you're not thinking about something that has value to you. You're looking back at your work through their eyes. So you're designing it in a way. So like, that's why right now I'm doing the Ripple Maker blog, you know, where I'm basically writing blogs about all of the awesome people in groups like the Serving Circle. And I'm not asking for anything in return. I'm just doing something that lets you kind of see yourself through a different lens and that you can share and use for your marketing and all that kind of stuff. So, so, and the, the shift is thinking it through that lens. So it's not, you know, it's, it's literally gotta be what's going to, when, when they pass this on or when they receive it, how is it going to make them feel good about the act of then passing it on to others? Does that make sense? to pause in case there's questions and then check the chat and stuff too. Okay. Um, so that's step one. And then step two is you should make it easy for them to share it with the people they care most about. So, and a, a lot of times, you know, whether it's, it's really nice with the digital world, we used to have to do this through, you know, back in the nineties through printed stuff and, you know, direct mail and all of that. It's much easier when you can just share a link with someone, you know, but one of the things is it's better for them to be thinking about someone specific and then making it a more personal invitation instead of just like, you know, a blast to all of their friends on Facebook. It's, you know, they see what it is and they're thinking, I know exactly who needs this, who this is for. And they, they share it out. Um, and then the, the third thing is you just, you brand it in a way that points back 
to you and what you do. So it's it's not that it's not an advertisement, but the the way you design it, like um, you know, we talked about our our awesomeness stickers was a good example. This is just a fun project we did. We just you know, we go into, as entrepreneurs, we go into places and we interact with people and think I'd hire them. That would be a great employee for us, you know, and we just wanted to express our appreciation for the fact that they were doing good work. So we made a sticker that said, thank you for being awesome at what you do. And we would just give it to people just in the grocery store or the coffee shop or, you know, wherever we were. And, you know, and then they'd wear the sticker all day. And at the bottom, it had a website um, that, just kind of celebrated that. And that website talked about who we were that had sponsored that program. So, you know, so it's like simple things like that, where the focus again is on the contribution, but you do give them some way, some pathway that you've designed that lets them come back to you, you know, if they choose to. Now put those three steps in the chat. I like that idea since, I mean, a lot of us are asking ourselves the question of, okay, how do I put my work out there? How do I get out there in front of the right people? How do I get out there in front of more people? Um, rather than asking ourselves these questions of what can I do? What's something I can put out there that would make other people feel good about sharing it? Is anyone else asking themselves that question? It's a very unique and creative question, isn't it? And then how do I make that thing very easy for people to share with the people they most care about? So that's not just, I'm going to, you know, encourage people to spread this, this out into the world, but really how do I design this in a way where they like, I need to share this with Mary. I need to share this with my mum. I need to share this with my neighbor, right? It's, it's the people they care about. Um, I don't think many people are asking themselves these questions, Ken, but I think that's what makes, you know, this sort of ripple makers strategy so effective and so unique is just the, the questions you're asking allow us to go a little bit deeper with, um, with thinking in more unique ways. So it's very cool. You know, the other thing that was kind of interesting about it was we started finding, like we would try, like for a while in the martial arts, this there's so it, it got really big on the idea of recruiting through referral to get new students. And someone was like, for every person that signs up that was referred, give them a hundred bucks cash. They were like, or do referral drives and prizes. And and what we found was our people were offended by that idea. They they felt that that actually was detriment. They they felt good about sharing who we were because of who we were. They didn't want to get anything out of it. You know, they, and what was interesting to me was people that were referred in that way were always our best clients, our best, best clients, because they're coming to us for a very different reason from someone who's just like, how can I get points or get prizes or get a perk or something like that? It's transactional. So, you know, and we, we found that we may get less referrals but we get referrals that we can have lasting relationships with over time. So, and that was really what, you know, got us thinking more and more about these types of questions, which is, okay, they, they want to tell people about us, but at the same time, they don't, they're not trained in our messaging. You know, they're not our team members who can fully explain our programming. So we had to design things that they could share that would help people understand who we were without us being able to directly translate that message out. It's very cool. It's, it's a good point. It's almost like when things are transactional, then you get kind of get transactional relationships. But when, yeah. yep. but when things that, when things are sh a heart are shared from like a heartfelt love, you know, guys, you know how like love is very much a, an amplified emotion, like love expands. Um, if you share things, like if I share things with my mom, I'm a big fan of my mom. Love my mom. If I share something with her, thanks Wayne, I get a thumbs up from Wayne. Uh, if I share things with my mom from a real heartfelt place, she becomes a, you know, she becomes like a heartfelt fan. She she really takes that to heart. Um, compared to if I share something because of a uh, an incentive 
you know, that's a, a points or bonus or financial incentive, then it seems very transactional rather than it flowing from my heart with love. Right. So it's just a different energy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting how just the way people remember you changes, like, you know, another example, we've, um, we do the various outreach programs through all of the businesses that we do. And, you know, so we'll go in and we'll work with school kids and I'd actually designed a program called go beyond the grades. That was, it was designed to help kids and teachers more with having a positive, productive learning environment. So it wasn't about getting better grades. It was about the social elements of it, connecting to their teacher, the way they feel about going to school, looking forward to it instead of being a, afraid for whatever reason. But one of the things we do is we do a program and the kids would get a what we learned today handout. We literally titled it that because kids go home from school and the parents say, what'd you learn today? And they say, I don't know. So we gave them a sheet and they would just say here and they would give it to the parents. But we gave the teacher a tool as well. So we give them something that they could use to help them manage their classrooms better. So, so that they had an additional resource that wasn't, it was their resource to give to their students to supplement the work that we had done on their behalf. And we'd get a lot of referrals from teachers directly. They would, they would tell parents to send their kids to us, you know, based on that. So, you know, so it's like that way of thinking, it's like, how do I, how do I help them feel like my, my main motivation here is to make their lives better in some way. And through extension to, I'm not even just thinking about making their lives better. I'm thinking about everyone in their circles lives being better. And then everyone in their circle. So literally ripples that spread from one single point of impact. I have a question for the group. Who here is getting some ideas about what they can do for their business? Any show of, show of hands? Because these are some in-depth questions. Okay, cool, cool, cool. What I find is it can be very, since they're such unique questions, it takes some depth of thinking, doesn't it? That's what I find with applying this. When I'm thinking about, okay, how can I do this for my business, for the serving circle? Ideas definitely do come. But I think when it comes to, um, yeah, when it really comes to, I guess, putting something out there in a way that is so unique, it, it takes some brain power. You know, it really, it really does. Um, so spend some time doing this, but also continue to just ask yourself these questions and see what answers you can get. And from Jim Collins' work, bullets first, then cannonballs. I, I love that He's, he talks about like you know the ships wouldn't put all of their gunpowder in a giant ball and just shoot and see where it landed they use muskets to calibrate they fire little tiny pellets and use less resources until they had accuracy then they would fire the cannonball so this is a similar thing just just test little things you know ask questions try things and if they don't work that's okay if you didn't you didn't try to think it all the way through before you ship you know you just start doing little micro experiments and then just take the feedback and adjust and you know i mean our best programs probably took two years before they were really like kind of self-sustaining and really working well because we just had to keep tweaking them and getting feedback from you know whether it was actually working or not beautiful do we have any questions here? Renee, what you got for us? Um, just to ask, Ken, I love your presentation. I just love that. And I love the way you speak. It's so calm. And uh, if you ever write a book, I would love to hear it on audio because it would just make me just a, a it's a meditative, uh, the way you speak is very meditative. Not that you're making me sleepy, but it's just very common. That's what I'm sharing. <laughs> so thank you, <laughs> Mike. Yeah, you're welcome. So I have um, just, I have some businesses and I've learned that each business, instead of saying, I help all people find everlasting love. I help all couples find more love and passion and intimacy. I have a, uh, I call it an angel avatar that I've actually named. 
a couple, and then I have a single woman between the ages of 45 and 65. And her name is Carissa and blah, blah, blah. I can go into her, who she is, a demographic, demographics and psychographics of her. Did you do the same thing when you're looking for more students for your dojo, for your martial arts school, school uh, a perfect angel avatar child, or is it to everybody? Because I, I like to zero in on a target, but create the target, manifest it, and it comes to fruition. Did you do that as well? That's my question. Yeah, uh, yeah, and especially with our bigger center, Questers Way, um, our whole thing was we we're focusing on families who loved the idea of learning and growing together. That, that was who we, and we would visual, you know, vividly imagine them just like you're talking about. And we built mm -hmm. all of our language, the, the way we would hire and vet, that everything was, was geared around them. And what would happen is the people that were gonna thrive in your business knew they were in the right place because you were talking to them. You, you built the business around them and it was interesting because the other thing we found early on, I, I was afraid people wouldn't like me when I first started in business. And so I mm -hmm. kept trying to be different things for different people. And you guys all probably know how that worked out. <laughs> it's exhausting, it's people right? Pleasing. You can't, yeah, you can't do <laughs> yeah. that. Actually, I like yeah. what you're just saying, Ken, because one of the things when I hire somebody or I'm going to work with a client, when I hire people of uh, the businesses that I have, whether it's real estate or investments or finding out a CPA or investment broker, whatever it is, I always hire for attitude. The good attitude, they're on time, they show up, um, they're competent, of course, but the most important thing is their intention, what they have the intention working with me. And I always can see that. And it's just, it's a, it's a test. And you can tell if somebody's of integrity or if they're full of, you know, baloney or not. And and you could even see with, with children and their parents, one of the things I would see is maybe um, that the parents are, are pushing their kids to do something that they don't want to do. So I'm imagining how you are, Ken. You're probably saying because you just said the families are working together, not that the kid doesn't want it. They want to play baseball instead of martial arts. That would be not in alignment with what the values are. It would be falling apart. So I believe that when you said the families are working together, that they all want to go to the martial arts studio together as a as a family not not the parents are pushing yeah. the kid to do something they don't want to do is that right yeah and what's funny is as as our our understanding of the contribution that we could truly make expanded we opened this bigger center because we got frustrated with families who just martial arts wasn't something they were interested in and what we were really interested in was helping people learn the joy of learning you know, and the fact that they could learn anything. So that's why we ended up opening this bigger center where we're teaching 150 classes a week of everything, movement-based, project-based, um, game-based. We even taught Dungeons and Dragons. And it was anything anyone wanted to learn. If we had a, a technician who had that skill, we'd teach them how to teach it and we'd build programming in for it. But it was always exactly what you're talking about. The idea is if they're if they walk in and they love the idea of learning and growing together and, you know, there are classes for adults, classes for kids, they could eat dinner together and share that experience as well. So it's just meaningful human connection and empowered learning were our top two priorities. And then finding the joy of the present moment, you know, like our tagline was just best day ever. You know, you walk mm -hmm. in the door, we want to give you your best day ever because this is the only one you got, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, it was that. Clarity. And what was so interesting is when people don't like it and they push back against it, you're so clear that you have the resiliency to gracefully say, sorry, too bad. <laughs> this is who we are, you know, and we're saddened that it's not for you, but this is who we are. And you don't get pushed, you know, by the winds of people's different needs and perspectives. You serve the community you're best fit to serve. And you feel more energized by that. Yeah. It must have been a joy for the families to work with you and your and your teachers, right? Yeah. That's why there was so many referrals. Yeah. And and it's become multi-generational. The the guy who runs the martial arts school um started with me when he was five, you know, and he's wow. married and you know, like we've literally had we're up to, we're getting close to our fourth generation 
that's come through this, you know, that, that business. And then we've had a lot of offshoots, like from our larger family center, people that have started their own leadership programs. They've gone on to run restaurants or own their own restaurants. So, you know, cause our diet, our idea is, you know, let's leave them better than they found us. <laughs> so they've grown and evolved and, and they, they can just be, go, go be awesome, whether they're working with us still or doing something else, you know, this empower is them and thing. energize them. Yeah. It's wonderful because of, yeah. you're teaching them the legacy. When you say generational, it's, it's yep. succession, just the succession of leadership from you and your teachers. And then it spreads out, whether it's a restaurant or opening up a real estate branches of real estate offices or branch offices of banks. It's all starts with leadership and values yeah. and beliefs in an alignment with what you're teaching the children. So I think that's fantastic. The real estate mm -hmm. reminds me, here's another example of this ripple maker thing. I, I worked with a real estate agent and we were, we go through this process of who are you really, you know, and what it came to down to was she didn't sell houses. She helped people become successful homeowners. And, and that was a different thing. Like it expanded it from transactional to where she, and she, she created like um, a new guide to homeowners. Like here's things you probably don't know that you should know about owning a house. Like you're going to have to clean the lint trap on the dryer thing, have someone do that. So your house doesn't catch on fire, but no one may tell you that, or here are trustworthy plumbers. And, and she, she created all of these tools that she would give to homeowners that then they would give to other homeowners. And it really exploded her referrals. And it was just that shift, that shift for the way that she thought about what she was called to do, which was not selling houses, you know? It was helping people become, you know, successful homeowners. So I thought that well, was so cool. It is. And I think what you're saying too, Ken, it's not <clears throat> being a real estate hustler. That's being a real estate hustler. It's being a person of love and compassion to help buyers find their perfect home. So they're successful homeowners, but it's being, yeah. you know, the be, do and have, but it's being in that mm -hmm. place of love and compassion to help people buy that means they have to find a mortgage broker and the right bank and get their FICA score and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's the being and helping versus being like a quick selling real estate broker, just burn and turn or burn, turn and burn or something that, you know what I mean? That just like a, like a mill. Yep. There's some real estate people who it's just like a mill. Yeah. And then there's some who are loving and compassionate. Those are very few, but the, those are people who are probably more into the personal development and emotional intelligence in the being yeah. of love and compassion yep. as a real estate person to help people. Thank and you, Ken. That's another, no, like, sorry. if you think about what you're all, what, what you all have the ability to do is answer questions for people that they don't even know they should be asking yet. Because you're, you're able to see over a horizon that they don't really know exists because they don't have your expertise or your experience. So not only are you able to bring their awareness and attention to questions that are going to have value to them, you can help them shorten the learning curve by answering it for them, or at least pointing them towards the resources that answer it. So, and that's another part of this referral thing. They, we, none of us, we all have ignorance, you know, by, because we're human, we're not omniscient. So, so if you're able to help you know, bring awareness to things that will be beneficial to them. That's a gift that you're putting out into your, your, your circle, into your world. Do you want to give us an example of that, Ken, of how you can, I guess, ask those, answer those questions, you know, to questions they don't even know they need to answer, they need to ask yet. Do you kind of have an example of what that, what that would look like? Yeah, um, a good one is a consumer guide. And uh, we would use this a lot, especially, um, you know, working with children for so many years. We, I hated hearing horror stories of someone enrolling their children into a program that was risky for them, like either run by someone who is unethical or potentially abusive or manipulative. There's just, there are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of risks with that. So we created like a consumer guide which helped parents, whether they were with us or not, just know the questions to ask and what to look for. Like an example would be, 
do they allow do they allow the parents to observe the class? There are places that say, nope, we don't want you distracting them. And I'm like, that's a huge red flag. If if they're not going to let you be right there seeing what's happening with your children, walk back out the door. So so we just put together literally just a, like a little consumer guide that was geared towards worthy industry experts. So we're going to help them know how to navigate things that someone outside of the industry isn't aware of. So consultants, when someone asks me, how do you pick a good consultant? I'm like, someone that asks you questions instead of just giving you answers. You know, if they're just selling you on what they know or their system, you know, you that may limit your ability to be successful with them. But if they're curious and they want to know about you and there's a lot of discovery, that's probably a good sign. You know, so it's like that kind of stuff. And you just put it into a ebook or you know, downloadable PDF, something like that. Simple tool for them. Beautiful. We all got that, everyone. Awesome. So get the brain going around some ideas you can implement in your own business. You'll have an audience, you'll have existing networks, you all have, you know, partners possibly. So with the resources you have at the moment, I think a really cool question to ask is what's the, like, what do you stand for? What are the things that you really would love to ripple out into the world, whether it's a particular uh, behavior and energy, um, you know, particular ethics, what is it that you would love to change the world with? Um, Cause I think that might be a really good, um, a deep question to say, what would I want to ripple out? into the world uh, that feels like a calling. It feels like a soul's mission, you know, not necessarily as a byproduct of business being referred back to you, but what in your heart do you feel like the world needs most? Um, I'm sure you can kind of, that might get the brain going, that might get the heart getting answers because we all have a mission. We all have a purpose here. We all have something that we think you know, the world needs most. And if you're driven by something like that, your mind might come up with some really resourceful answers. Um, Cause it can, our mind can get a little bit trapped when it's like, Oh, okay. How do I create, you know, answer these questions, but I still need business and my business does this, my business does that. And maybe you can just start with what, what, what do you want to spread in the world that is outside your business? Right. Or that's just a byproduct of your business. Like with Ken, because when I, when I hear the example of the kindness stickers, you know, just saying, hey, you're awesome at what you do, just to spread love and kindness, that's got really, really nothing to do with martial arts or really nothing to do with, um, you know, it's just Quester's way or just, it's, it's got really nothing to do with a business in and of itself. It's just spreading kindness by saying, hey, you're awesome at what you do. Here's a recognition of that. Right. But it's a really cool way to say, hey, I just want to have, I just want to spread kindness. I want to spread recognition for the people who are putting in the effort to really, you know, connect with people and, and do it, do a good job at what their, you know, what their task is. So maybe that'll be a really good way to just start and say, hey, what's that? What's a, what's a really cool thing I'd love to put out there into the world? What I think is on my heart that the world needs. Do you think that might be a, a something can that could get people's people's brain going with some answers here yeah and listen to what your clients are saying like another fun one we did it was called just because and these were downloadable coloring sheets that we had one of our students actually designed them and just listening to parents who would just feel unloved by their kids because their kids are just being egocentric and being kids. And they're like, I'm doing all these things for them. And sometimes I just don't even know if they noticed. So we created these coloring sheets that the kids, we would hand them out to the kids. They could pick there's like eight of them. And it'd be like, just because I love you or just because I appreciate you, or they could do them for friends just because you're my friend. So, and they would just put their name on it. They'd color it and they, they put who it was too. And then they just give it to, we had so many moms come in crying, <laughs> you know, from that. And it was just, it was just listening, you know, and, and they'll tell you, I mean, as entrepreneurs, most of us are constantly looking for problems that we can solve to the greater good. 
and we're almost always dissatisfied with the solutions currently being offered, which is why we drive ourselves and everyone else crazy coming up with new and interesting ways to solve things, right? So, so just keep doing that. And so many of these things were simple. They weren't complex. They're just, you know, well, they, they weren't complex as long as they didn't let me do too much of it because I would get too crazy in my own head and try to create these insane websites and do all of this extravagant stuff that was unnecessary. So I had good people around me that would rein me in and make sure that I had good structure, you know, for it. But yeah, you just ask your clients, you know, what's a problem that needs solving or, you know, what would you, what would you love to see, you know, related to what you do or something like that? And just see what they say. That's where most of our ideas came from. It didn't come from us. It came from the people that we were looking to serve better. Um, when it comes to, I guess, when it comes to executing on these questions, Ken, um, if people, what else do you think people can implement that make these steps a little bit easier for them? I guess when it comes to, is there some things when it comes to social media, when it comes to emails, when it comes to, you know, the resources that we have available to us for all the, all the online ways in which we can, um, you know, refer all, all offline. Are there any, are there any other tips you have? Are there any other strategies or ways of executing that might be able to make it a little bit easier for people? Um, so in, in our experience, well, first of all, um, you know, as, as, as we can be very heart-based, you, you need some rigor. There needs to be some structure and some practicality built around it. It's like, you know, look at the katana sword. What makes it effective is it's super hard and super soft metals folded around each other. If it was just hard metal, it would shatter. If it was soft, it wouldn't hold an edge. So, you know, so when you're thinking, you, you've got to, you love your ideas, but don't fall in love with them, you know, like structure it and then test it and then get feedback on it. Um, so that's the first thing. But then the other thing, referrals only work as well as the relationship you have with the person you're handing the tool to, you know, or asking for the referral from. So, you know, so it's really just the, the deeper the connection of trust and respect and the more they view you as someone who's truly an advocate for them, the likelihood that they're going to pass these things on goes up. So, you know, so just blasting out, hey, I have a new, I, I test this, you know, like I did the Ripple Maker referral book and I put it out through Facebook and just said, hey, I've got a new ebook. If you want it, shoot me a link. And I had a few people, you know, I think it was seven that, and then I emailed it to them. So, but then I went to a few people individually and said, I want to share this with you. And they know very much, they know a lot about my work and I've helped them before, blah, blah, blah. And I said, please share it with people that you think it would help. And it, in a week, it reached over a hundred people. And I didn't talk to a hundred people. I talked to 10 who, who I had that kind of a relationship with. And they saw the value and they felt good about sharing it because when I, re when I gave it to them, I said, if you know people who are struggling with referrals, this will help them. And they know me and they trust the fact that it, it will help them because I know I'm good at what I do, you know, most of the time. <laughs> so, you know, so, so when I passed it on that way, so I think it's that it's like, who are the people who are in that inner circle? They're part of your tribe, you know? They're just the ones that really get you and you get them. And when you're taking that brave step of putting something in their hands that you believe in and that will have value, they put a lot of consideration into that. They're not just resharing or reposting. They're like, yeah, I'm going to think about this for a minute. Any other questions? I mean, this in of itself is uh, like... As I said at the start, I like to think how we can do things different and the different questions we can ask ourselves lead to different results. Um, so Ken, man, what you're sharing here is can be life-changing for people. It just how to approach business in a different way. Um, and you guys can feel Ken and his energy. He just loves helping people. And he just loves what he does. And I think anytime you guys uh, add him into your network and really get to 
delve deep on what he's putting out there into the world, you, you know, you can't go wrong, really. Um, so for the next four minutes or whatever we have here, um, you guys can feel free to ask Ken any questions um, regarding how to really execute this for yourself. And I love it if we just keep this conversation going. I, I, you know, I'm trying to find some ways in the, in the group we can do this, but I'd love to throughout the week, see how you go executing this. Um, whether it's messages to me, messages to Ken or the group, I think that would be really, really cool. Um, I messed up, it seems today, open and vulnerable and honest is that um, Zoom was mucking around a little bit and um, I started the collaborative call instead of the bonus group coaching call. So we're on the collaborative call link. Um, I don't know how many people showed up. I don't know how all of you showed up, but you all, <laughs> we're all in the same room for some reason. Um, so I think in a minute, in a minute or so, some people start joining for the collaborative call, but I'm happy to use this space for the next few minutes. If you guys want to, um, ask Ken some questions and then we can just all stay on this call on this zoom link. Um, if you guys would like to stay for the collaborative call as well. So that's what, um, that's what I'm thinking, but is there any questions for Ken, any questions at all on how to execute this? Do you have any ideas for your own business? You want to, you want to go over any ideas on how to implement this? Any I did put in seven steps in the chat. Okay, great. Renee's got another question. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, I just have a quick question, Ken. <clears throat> when you come up with these ideas, processes, and systems for your businesses, and something works, do you do a thing called test and repeat? You try something, and if it doesn't work, tweak it. You do it another way, and you work with a like a brainstorming with your with your team or or the, the teachers that you work with. Do you do that brainstorming yep. and, and write out ideas and maybe a business plan that that you can implement and and does, do you do first quarter, second quarter, and numbers that you've got to reach to cover all the bills and you know the salaries and things like that. Do you do that? Yeah, yeah. We actually use something called the helm. Um, and it's a, a five-spoke process to running your business. And there, you think about it this way, there are five level levers that you need to push. Any of them will move the business in a direction but all of them need tending on a regular basis. And for me, just the way for, for me to not get lost in my own head, because I'm very conceptual, I had to build frameworks like that. So, yeah. So, and whenever we, we, we put in a new system, whether it's a training system for a class or even like something for, you know, how to use a three-bay sink in a restaurant, we, we would always have, we'd identify what are like key metrics that are quantifiable. So, for example, if a teacher comes to us and we start training them to teach classes, they, they, they don't unlock additional classes until they can reach a certain number of participants in the class they already have. So it's a very simple number. We will support them. We'll help them get there. But it's not, it's not subjective. It's objective. So I think it's important with referral systems. Sometimes it can be tricky, especially this, because you don't always know that they're coming to you as a direct result of a ripple maker system because you're just putting it out there and seeing what comes back. But anything you can identify that's quantifiable way to track your results is very, very helpful. And, you know, hope is not a plan. So, <laughs> so, so you want to know that, you know, you've got ways to structure and measure things and then, you know, build banks the river and then just tweak it as you go. Absolutely. It's a very smart way to do it. Hey, thank you, Ken. Beautiful. Any other questions? That's really great. Thank you, Ken and Tyson. Wonderful opportunity. Awesome. Thanks, Esther. Very welcome. Any, I love talking to people you, about Ken. this kind of stuff. That's why I love chatting with Tyson. It's, it's awesome just swapping ideas and everybody's doing great work that's adding a lot of value to your communities and to each other. So that should be that those signals should be amplified. However, we can, in my opinion. Definitely. Hey, thanks Ken. Hey, hey, welcome everyone who's joining the uh, collaborative call. Uh, I've pressed the wrong link. So we're all on the collaboration link doing the bonus group coaching call. So welcome, welcome to Tyson's mistake. Um, <laughs> Ken, anything else you want to add with um, 
add with all of this? Any parting words? And I'd also love to know how we can also help you most, where we can uh, support you, support your work and uh, jump on board more with this content. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think that um, just remembering that the journey is the home and the whole process of being on these entrepreneurial ventures has value. Um, and it's, it's not about where you're going. It's about who you are. So, and, and I don't know, there's been ups and downs and successes and failures and bad mistakes and things that were mistakes that turned maybe look brilliant, but in the end, it's a very fulfilling way to live your life. And I, I think it's important. We remember that and we don't get lost, you know, trying to make it or get somewhere, you know, it's uh, the day-to-day -day things that matter. Um, yeah. And then I guess, well, uh, helping me, I'm still interviewing people for the blog. I'm a little bit behind. Oh, hang on. We've lost Ken. Have we? Oh, okay. And you're back. We've, I think still, we, I froze. <laughs> you're still interviewing people. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a little bit behind, but, but definitely enjoying interviewing people at, so that I can write blog posts about how awesome you are, um, that, you know, I share through my networks and you can share through yours. Uh, and then the other thing is, um, Tyson, you'll, you'll know about this probably by tomorrow morning, but we are officially launching the Thai Academy. So, and that's, uh, uh, the integrated entrepreneur Academy. So this is like a thesis on just all the things that we've learned about being an entrepreneurially minded human and contributing your best work um, to the value of others. So, and it's a, it's a flip crash. We're putting 30 years of what we learned about education and learning. And every week you get like a 20 minute learning lesson. And then it's, there's all kinds of cool stuff that happens on the back end of it. And there'll be office hours so that you can kind of, you know, get together and explore it. So yeah. Amazing. So if you join our email list, you can find out more about it. It's the best way to do it. Beautiful. Thanks, Ken.